Welcome to Two Gals in a Glass Half Full. We are Dr. Jess and Dr. Bobby, two physical therapists just doing our best to lead healthy lives most of the time because moderation is key. And we'd like to see our glasses as half full. Some days this is much harder than others. We hope um, we enjoy interviewing others to learn more information about topics that we are not as knowledgeable about. And today I'm super excited about our special guest. So first, Dr. Jess, what do you have in your cup? Well, today I have had a full glass of water, a smoothie, one cup of coffee. I'm on to my second cup of coffee. It's just one of those days, <laughs> okay, right? It's, yes. it's more than half full today. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hydration is important, right? <laughs> uh, Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? So I have only had coffee and I'm on water now. So water, 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 H2O. There we go. And today we have a special guest with us. So we are still in Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so we have somebody today that's going to talk a little bit about her experience with breast cancer. So Georgia, what's in your glass? I'm drinking water. <laughs> I yeah. had two cups of coffee before I left the house, but yeah. now I'm drinking I have a, just a little bit more than half full water. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so uh, Georgia has been kind enough to come on and talk about her experience with breast cancer because I think this is something during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it's good to talk about community prevention, things that can happen that healthcare providers can help with. Um, we've talked about prophylactic mastectomies and and just the, the, the big picture of what that looks like. But then also talking about like what is it like to go through a breast cancer diagnosis? And and so that's what Georgia has been um, uh, willing to come on and, and talk to us about, which is which is great. And we really appreciate that. So, um, Georgia, mm -hmm. would you be willing to uh, share with us a little bit about how breast cancer has affected you and your family? Um, some of my family members, it hit very hard. My son and daughter, mostly. Uh, my husband, you know, men, <laughs> they, they kind of get it, but they don't want to know is the main thing. Right. Yeah. They don't want the details. But sometimes when things are scary, mm -hmm. it's easier to mm -hmm. avoid than it is to actually, um, like really let on to acknowledgement of the entire experience. Um, right. That's their strategies that everybody has. For mm -hmm. Sure. For sure. Um, so what was your first indicator that something was wrong? In the very beginning, I had no indicators that I realized until I was reading your questions. Um, and then I got to thinking about it a little while ago. And one of the things I had noticed was the one breast that was removed um, was itchy all the time and I was continually scratching at it and you know feeling awkward and then when I would look at the breast I did notice a seepage of what I thought was like dried milk for like when you're breastfeeding mm -hmm. and I thought well maybe it's time to buckle down and go for my mammogram, mm -hmm. which I did. And I was very adamant about going every year, uh, but I did miss one year. And this one year 
between that period of time till I had my mastectomy, um, my mammogram rather, um, in 2019 was when everything kind of kicked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was originally diagnosed with um, stage two cancer. But over time, that increased. And the stage just means essentially like kind of how, um, you know, severity wise, right? So we can have stages and grades of cancer, depending on like, sometimes we're talking about the type of cell. And then sometimes we're talking about like, how far has it spread? Um, So there's like different ways that they will stage and grade the cancer. Right. And the way everything was explained to me, stage one cancer shows you have signs of activity. Uh, Stage two means it's starting to spread around a little bit. And then when um, they decided to go in and take portions of those areas that they were looking at like the biopsy the biopsies yes um they upgraded me to stage three because at that point they realized that the cancer had not only spread in the breast area but it also started attacking the lymph nodes so they find that during that the dissection that they do, where they remove a couple right. of the lymph nodes and test them. And so that's a very common thing that they do to be able to determine how, how progressed is it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it did seem like everything started happening relatively quickly. They didn't let everything linger long before they started me on chemotherapy. Yeah. So did they do surgery first or the chemo first? They did chemo first. Um, that's because of the stage. Because of the stage. And then they did the mastectomy. Right. And so can you talk a little bit about your experience with chemo? Because that seems like, like oftentimes people think about chemo and it's like, oh, it's super scary. It's like, you know, you pretty much don't survive it. And, and I think, it's, it is hard, but I think it's something that can be something that you can definitely navigate. Well, the way that it was explained to me is they wanted to try the chemo first to see how it affected the breast cancer, um, mm-hmm. see if it reduced things, increased it, or did little of nothing. So they started me on um, different medications which were kind of powerful and i'm trying to remember the names which i i'm drawing a blank on but i can i can get back to you on the names (laughs) but the first one they tried me on was um they put in a port uh and they the insert the port under the skin because that gives them easy access to connect the port for the chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. 
and then they don't have to get into your body very often because the port is right there and it just connects for like the infusions for yes yeah. yep and they did that and they told me that you know the medication can change your pea color the frequency of your pea <laughs> color which looked like orange sherbet to be honest <laughs> well good to know that that's a normal thing right and so that was normal yes yeah. what like, they oh, they okay. told me this is normal right. don't get freaked out over it is a bright color yeah. but it is normal yeah when you were going through chemo did you did your did you feel any different body-wise did you have any different like taste issues eating or like illness or anything like that um, nausea 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 lack of appetite um I didn't want to eat as much, which was really kind of good because I started losing weight for the first time in many years. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one way to do a weight loss program. Yeah. You know? Right, right. right. <laughs> one. Not one I would recommend, no. but yeah, there were side effects of the medication. They were, to me, minor. Mm -hmm. Um People react differently to it, so they pretty much have to judge you individually. Yeah. How long would the nausea last? Would it just be while you're receiving the chemo? Would it last for a few days afterwards? Um, it would come and go throughout the day. Um, I was given nausea medication to help with that, mm -hmm. which I took you know, religiously, mm -hmm. because <laughs> I didn't like the feeling that it was giving me. But um, I got used to it over time. And so when you were receiving the chemo, did you go in for infusions? Like where you sat in a chair and you were there for a while? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. So what was that day like? Like, was it like an all day experience? Was it, you know? No, it wasn't an all day. Matter of fact, um, we kind of laugh about it. The very first infusion um, procedure I had done was on our wedding anniversary of all day. Oh, no. <laughs> My husband went with me to that one. And that's how we spent our anniversary was my first infusion. Um and, you know, he pretty much wasn't sure how I would react with the medication. Neither was I. So he did all the driving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is like, which is good. I mean, your body's going through a lot. So yeah, take some of the, just the everyday stress off. Well, I will say this. It, it's good to be in a room with other people who are going through the same thing that you are. Um because eventually you start recognizing faces and you talk to each other and you share your experiences so you know these people aren't alone and you're not alone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that is good 
the interaction that you get with the other patients. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think having a community around you, because uh, your family doesn't really know what it's like to go through it. They can no. be supportive, but these individuals know what it's like. So having both of those, I think, is huge. Right. Yeah. Now, one of those side effects that is traumatic to some people, it wasn't so much to me because my daughter is a nurse. Um, after my very first infusion, my hair fell out. I washed my hair and it started coming out in clumps. And I called my daughter and said, hey, my hair's falling out. And she's like, well, how about I just come over and we just cut it off? Mm -hmm. So she came over and she gave me a barber cut. <laughs> <laughs> and in the beginning, it's a little scary to have lost your hair that quickly. But, you you know, because I know some people that were there didn't lose theirs as quickly. It fell out in clumps. But over time. But I was fortunate mine just came out at once. But it was definitely a kind of a little bit of a, I wouldn't say scary because I don't really get scared over things. I just try to roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> roll with the punches, right? Oh, yeah. And I've had a lot of <laughs> life with other medical issues or just life in general. Mm -hmm. yep. Now, when your hair grew back, did it, um, you know, I've had some family, um, family friends go through chemo for different types of cancer. And they said, you know, different, some when their hair came back, it came back a different color, it came back a different texture. How about for you? Did it, did your natural hair color or natural hair come back or was there it any changes? Did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it came back gray. Um, Surprisingly to me, I found a lot of men kind of like it. Mm -hmm. And I have been complimented by men in the grocery store or in doctor's offices. And they said, oh, I love your hair color. You know, and I said, oh, it's all natural. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's very pretty. Thank you. Uh, so how long did the uh, did the chemo last? Well, the chemo lasted several weeks. Okay. Um, I'm thinking it was more like a 12-week procedure mm -hmm. with the chemo. Yep. And did you go like once a week? I went once a week, mm -hmm. yes. Yep. Um, yeah, and I think from what I've heard patients say is that they'll get the chemo and then there's going to be like a range where you don't feel good. And then you start to feel better. Then you get the chemo again. Like I think everybody's a little bit different, but yeah, everyone is different. I, yeah. I did the wave dive, you know, some days I had better days than others. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to keep a positive attitude about everything because I heard from other patients and the doctors is, you know, if you keep up a good attitude, you'll come through everything. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of uh, mind-body connection 
mm-hmm. evidence out there that yeah. shows like how much you know we are really in tune with our health that doesn't mean that we prevent every bad thing from happening but it means that we can tap into our own ability to heal and stay strong and repair and and that positive outlook is huge for that. it is it is i i found that that helps me i joke i laugh about it um i don't even think about it anymore until we ask you but that's you know <laughs> i mean i have so, I still and it's been a couple years i still have good days and bad days um and i just like try to figure out okay today's not a good day but i'm gonna make it a good day one way or another absolutely the great outlook and when I, you went in for the when you went in for the treatment how long did you normally have to sit there for like a does it depend on the type of chemo someone's getting um it depends on the medication yes Mm-hmm. And what exactly type of cancer you have, because there's there were a lot of patients that were there for different cancers and they had different medication and their reactions were different. And sometimes there's like they've got to do blood work before the chemo to see, mm-hmm. make sure that your all your levels are you know strong enough to be able to receive chemo that day. So it could be, there's a lot of different things that can um, depend on the time, the length of time. Um, right. But oftentimes it's, it's a number of hours, if not a little bit longer. But, you know, well, they, week. they were very, very gracious in planning my whole procedure through the clinic. And I had blood work done all the time. And the doctors stayed on top of it and knew exactly where my levels for everything were. Mm -hmm. So if they had to make any adjustments, add any medication or take some away, they knew almost Mm -hmm. right away. And that's the thing is that it's, it's not just like one size fits all approach. I think when we're talking about cancer related treatment, it's very much, there's an individualized approach which I think is great to make sure that each person can tolerate the treatment that's being um, prescribed, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's so many options out there, which is what's really great about the present day experience with breast cancer, right. that there's a lot of options out there and how they're testing to make sure that they're like, are they doing chemo first? Are they doing surgery first? Or, you know, mm-hmm. is radiation involved or not? It, it's all dependent on the individual, which is great. Well, I knew soon enough um, how how my procedures were going to go. Um, They started me with the chemo, and then they, as time went on, they did tell me, you're definitely going to have to have the mastectomy done, um, and that, you know, you're going to have some lymph node issues, but they can't tell you all of that up front. A lot of times they don't know until they get in there and are actually mm-hmm. looking at the tissue that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and each person's different. So the mastectomy, so now we were done with chemo, we got strong enough, and then they're like, yes, we wanted to remove the breast for sure, which is the yeah. mastectomy. Um, how was that recovery? 
that that took longer than the chemo it seemed like you know the chemo was the easy part to me um it took longer because you're dealing emotionally with losing a breast and what do I look like and the vanity of it. Um, yeah, that's real. That's very real. And that's not yes. to be discounted at all. No. Yeah, that's very real. You know, yeah. and what do I want to do? Because, <coughs> excuse me, um, the doctor's, were pretty upfront about telling me what to expect and what my options might be. Um, you can have the breast removed and have an implant put in. And they did, like in my case, left an, an excessive, not excessive, but an extra amount of tissue so that if I down the road wanted to go back in and have an implant put in, I could do that, but I had the option. Mm -hmm. And in looking at it and doing quite a bit of reading, there's complications that come with that because people have implants and then sometimes the cancer comes back behind the implants and it takes them longer to realize that it's there and do I want to take that chance and have to go back in and have more surgery done or how do I want to handle it in my case I chose not to do the implant no. Yeah, and so there's options, right? There's yeah. like the things that you can put in the bra, there's like the silicone things, you can put it in bathing suits. So you no one would ever know, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I do have, you know, the prosthetic bras or implants and mm -hmm. have different ones. They have a gel one, they have a foam one. The gel ones are kind of on the heavy side though. Yeah. <laughs> It's like toting another breast around. <laughs> but it like when it's not part of you, you know, it's external. It feels, you know, it, it feels like extra weight added. Yeah. Yeah. But it does fill in like, you know, if you want to go out to a nice restaurant or something like that and you want your shirt yeah. to normal, yeah. then there's plenty of options for that if you don't want to go through the reconstruction. Um, which is fine. Like you, there's, there's not a right or wrong answer to reconstruction. It's very much a personal decision. Yes. Um, it's it's yeah. your individual choice. Yep. And you just got to feel good about, you know, how you move forward. And when they do the skin sparing procedure, then they leave that door open. Essentially mm -hmm. is what they're doing. They're just leaving the door open that if you ever decide that this is something that you want to uh, participate in, then great. And if you don't, then great. It, it really, yeah. it doesn't, you know, that's not a matter of health, um, physical health. That's just a matter of like, you know, mental health and how you feel about yourself. And if you feel fine, then, then don't, you know. And I was very fortunate with the doctor who did the mastectomy. She was very good at explaining everything. Um, she told me up front, I 
if I have to remove lymph nodes, I don't know how many until I get in there. Mm -hmm. So it, everything she pretty much left up to my choices. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how did I want to deal with it? And you do have odd feelings about, okay, can I live with this or without the implants or how do I want to go through life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it's not a, not an easy decision and not a, a lot of time and thought went into, you know, everyone who makes that decision, mm. wh whatever it is, you know, put a lot of time and thought into there. Um, I'm sure it's not easy. Eh? No, no, it is not. And, you know, I'm telling you what my personal choices were. I mean, everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's okay to hear that you didn't. Right. Right. Like, and it's okay yeah. to hear that you did. I mean, and that's, that's the whole idea is that there's not, there's not one experience. There's not one size fits all. Um, however, each step of the journey of treatment, there's a lot of big choices that have to be made. And the more that, that you have the autonomy to make those decisions, I think the better for you so that exactly. it doesn't feel like anything was done to you, but it's like, you're part of the decision-making of like, yes, this is, I agree with this. This makes sense to me. Let's move forward. And then your recovery and healing will be that much better, you know? And then having a daughter who's a nurse, we talked about a lot <laughs> and her field was different she was more into the heart and things like that so this was all new to her and she learned as I learned going through the procedure how things were and what you have to actually face and the decisions you make mm -hmm. yeah yeah but doing it with knowledge and somebody supportive I think is great yes yeah yeah now on, you know, on this side of it, does your follow-up change? Do you have to get mammograms more frequently now? Or, you know, what, what are you, what do you have to do now? Well, that in, okay. In the beginning, I had to do them every three months. Um, and they're different because I have one breast removed and the other one's normal. So the one breast that's removed has to be done by a CAT scan, basically. Mm -hmm. And they have the machine there at the facility, so I can just go there, have it done. But now for the other breast that's normal, I have to do it the same old-fashioned way, go get them put between the little plastic things and squeezed and, yeah. <laughs> and then I have yet to have my first mammogram so I, I know that experience is coming up in the future but I have never heard someone say oh boy that was so fun <laughs> it's not <laughs> but <laughs> just kind of take deep breaths and the nurse is <laughs> very good they're they'll tell you take a breath you know relax and then you know you have to be shifted around get, to get different angles sometimes so mm -hmm. yeah but none of it's like 
so uncomfortable that it you know it's like horrible like the more that you relax and just breathe then they can get the image that they need and that's the whole point is like you don't want to go through an uh, a diagnostic procedure or you know any sort of like preventative screen and and then miss tissue right so that's what makes it yeah. uncomfortable is like they really have to get close to the chest wall um yeah so it just feels like a pulling you know yes pulling it. um yeah. <laughs> Uh, the one thing we didn't talk about is uh, after surgery, then you went into radiation. Um, yes. And I think that's where we kind of sometimes there's can be a, a misunderstanding of like, as you go through radiation, um, that it's cumulative. And mm -hmm. so it's like, you think you're done, you know, cause it's like a daily treatment for, mm -hmm. you know, 30 treatments or so. And then um, mine was 25. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, sometimes it can be more, sometimes less. Yeah. Right. Um, I did run into patients that only had to do 15 or 20, mm -hmm. um, but mine was 25, which I think at that time was about the maximum mm -hmm. um, that most people do. To me, the, the radiation portion was a little bit tougher than the chemo. And uh, what, what made that tougher? Um, well, you're put on a machine, you have to breathe in and you have to hold your breath so that they get everything positioned in just the right place. So they don't want your chest moving around. So you hold your breath and sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm never going to make it. You know, I got to breathe. Because it is a long time to, you know, hold your breath for 20 seconds or 30 seconds. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was uncomfortable a few times. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, the actual radiation, you don't feel it. Um, it's just more or less the positioning of having to have it done. Mm -hmm. The setup process yeah um and then the skin can burn you know and that burning can get right. a little bit worse over time and then it gets better yeah well they they come in when they do it and they determine the area that they're going to work on and they give you teeny tiny little spot tattoos you're all tatted up i'm tatted up and of course to look at me without clothing now it looks off center but at the time it did fall in where the breasts in between the breasts mm -hmm. and they marked the top they marked the bottom and then that helps the radiation technic technicians stay within the area that they need to be so they don't have any excess burning mm -hmm. yeah. um my burning issues came later really yeah which is very common yes you think you're you're done with radiation you're like oh i'm finished this is great um but that cumulative effect of the radiation oftentimes those couple of weeks after you're finished is when the burning can can feel the worst and and be the worst for the skin, yeah. 
Um, so it's just, it's just good to like, if you're like in a race, right. And you cross the finish line and you think you're done, but then, oh, oh my goodness, there's like still more. I think it's always helpful to know yeah. like that finish line is a little bit further. It's not just about getting through the treatments. It's getting past those like a couple of weeks after because just because of the burning. Um, and then, uh, like, like a kind of a bad sunburn, yeah. you know? Um, so you treat it topically just like, you know, sunburn sometimes, you know, there's more stuff that you can put on the skin to make it, um, more comfortable. But, um, that's one of the things I always try and prepare people for is like, just, you know, when you're done with the treatments, there's still more cumulative effect. So just be prepared for that. That's all. Um, not to be scared of it, just like, oh, okay, like I just need to keep my skin hydrated and put the cream on that they recommend and all of that will will be better and stay moving. Keep the tissue moving. Yeah. All right. So, well, Georgia, we really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for sharing. Yes, thank you. Each, each step of the way is tough, but you can you can get through them and you can navigate them. Just take it one step at a time. Right. Like, you don't have to say, oh my gosh, this is everything that has to happen. It's like, okay, we're going to deal with this first and then we're going to reassess and then we're going to deal with the next one and then we're going to reassess and then, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, you know, and there's. And in here is a couple of years later, I'm still going through issues, you know, but I'm dealing with it right. and thank God for my PTs. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they explain everything in a very common person way because doctors do have a tendency to just kind of rush through it and use medical terms and they and you don't really get it and a lot of times you have questions to ask don't be afraid to ask questions that's one thing I've learned yep. absolutely if you don't understand slow them down yep yep <laughs> so um so stay tuned for our content that's going to be coming up next and um follow us on social media um you know give us a like subscribe so that you get to hear the next content that's coming out all right thank you everybody thank you good